Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. You're listening to the Kettle and Casey Show on 93 WIBC and Jeff Smullyan's joining me in the studio, CEO of MS Communications. All right, Jeff, you've got this book out called Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down. And it's funny, it's insightful, but I want to ask you some questions that aren't relative to the book. And these are just based on your life experience. So you're on the board of USC right? and you played a role in their impending entrance to the Big Ten. So right. I'm hoping you'll talk about that. And where college athletics is going with super conferences and NIL. Yeah, and it's I spent about three and a half years basically trying to figure out what we did with the Pac-12. Um, the Pac-12 had fallen so far behind the Big Ten and the Southeastern Conference that originally my goal was to merge the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. Uh, but the Big Ten really only wanted USC and to bring UCLA along. I think in the future, I think you're probably going to have two super conferences. Mm-hmm. I think the Big Ten will probably add three or four more schools. Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say Notre Dame, Oregon, Washington, and Stanford. I think the ACC will add more schools. I'm sorry, the SEC, mm-hmm. probably Florida State, Miami, and Clemson, and North Carolina, things like that. Um and most of the impact will be in those two conferences. The problem is there's just a lot of money. And there's so much money that it's it, college football is America's second most popular sport. Mm-hmm. So when the NFL gets $15 billion a year for TV and college football gets $3 billion a year with you know a significantly higher preference, then there's no question college football is going to get more. And as you get two major conferences, they're able to capture more of that money. Do you think Notre Dame will go into the Big Ten? I think at the end of the day, they probably will, although it depends on their negotiations with NBC. Mm-hmm. I think if NBC gives them so much money, they may stay out. Uh, and they have sort of a half arrangement with the ACC. Um, but I think most of it's going to occur in those two big conferences. And then when you get to NIL, it, it's kind of, it is the Wild West. Um, you know, five years ago, if a kid did a charity and signed autographs for that charity, he was in danger of suspension. Mm-hmm. Well, today, that same kid could get $2 million a year over the table, and everybody says, oh, it's fine. Uh, there'll have to be some regulation of NIL. Yeah, but right now it's the Wild West. It's the Wild West. You yeah. can get anything, anybody mm-hmm. can get anything. And with transfer portals and NIL, mm-hmm. um, there are just no standards. Yeah. Speaking of that, okay, so you started America's first all sports radio station, right. the format. Where do you think the cap is for sports? Have we reached the pinnacle with the exception of the NFL? No, I think sports. I, I, I've kiddingly said, I think Karl Marx said, uh, religion is the opiate of the masses. Um, today, sports is the opiate of the masses. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what we care about. I think as the world gets more complicated, yeah. sports is a place we sort of 
you know, escape to we escape to we escape to it, uh, and people care passionately about it. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, when I started WFAN, no, everybody thought it was crazy. I have a chapter in the book called uh, "I Have a Favorite Saying." The line between being a genius and an idiot is very fine. Mm-hmm. So I talked about starting sports radio, and I went from idiot to genius because the thing worked. <laughs> Even though for the first six, first really eighteen months, it was kind of a disaster. Yeah. Uh, Jim Lampley called it the Vietnam War of Emmis. Um, and I think, you know, it, people in the office called it Smolian's Folly. And then one day it worked. We got Don Imus. Mm-hmm. We got Mike and the Mad Dog. We switched frequencies. And then I went from idiot to genius. Mm-hmm. And then and then I went right from there to buying the Seattle Mariners, mm-hmm. where I was the boy wonder, um, signing autographs everywhere, on TV all the time. Um, and so I was a genius. And then when the thing didn't work, then I was an idiot. So I've seen both sides of life. Okay, now speaking of the Seattle Mariners, can you relate to how Jim Irsay feels and does that have any effect on team management? And also, what's your perspective on owning a major league franchise with an angry fan base? Well, I've lived it. Yeah, um, and so said, that's why we're asking uh, you. Yeah, and I think I mean, listen. Although the fan, the general fans were pretty good to me. We had you know some press that was tough, but I think you know nobody loves sports owners. Um, and I know Jimmy well. I know Herb well. Um, uh, one of my favorite lines is my friend uh, Tom Werner, who at that time owned the Padres, now is an owner of the Boston Red Sox, and. There were, he had he had made a quote where he said, rather than spend the money ten million dollars more to finish third in the National League West, maybe I'd spend ten million less and give that ten million dollars to cancer research. Mm-hmm. Well, that may be a personally perfectly rational statement, but. It, it was a firestorm. What do you mean you're not spending all the money you can? So I think nobody loves sports owners, and everybody has an opinion. Um, and I think it's just it's a challenging position. I, I can empathize with Herb. I can empathize with Jim. Jim's had a very tough year this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do this long enough, you're going to have tough years. Yeah. Is it because nobody likes the owner because there has to be a bad guy when things go wrong? Yeah, everybody points to the, yeah, everybody points to the boss mm-hmm. um, and says, hey, it's got to be his fault not my fault i'm just a fan yeah so and you know and and these are tough decisions you know you can say they're going to pick carson wentz and if he's great you're a genius and if he's not great you're an idiot that's kind of life Jeff Simoleon is joining us, and we're talking about his book, Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down. And you're about to be honored and inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. And with your long, influential career in broadcasting, I have to ask you, and this is a more serious subject. Okay. What do you hope will be the intersection between media and government going forward? Well, I'm a big believer, you know, as Thomas Jefferson said, you know, without without a free press, mm-hmm. you have, you know, if I could choose between a democracy and a free press, give me a, demo- or a free press, I can't remember the exact quote, you, you absolutely have to have a watchdog. You absolutely have to have people with the unfettered ability to say what they think mm-hmm. uh, and hold government account. You know, I, I get very depressed about the state of the newspaper industry because it's very hard to have investigative reporters and the staffs that we used to have. And I've had both Republicans and Democrats said, if if there's not a newspaper that's a vibrant industry, who's going to hold us uh, in check? Um, so you really have to have, I'm a fanatical believer in, in a free press. Even if you don't agree with the politics, 
Yeah. For example, WIBC. Yeah, absolutely. It was well known. My politics are different than the politics in WIBC. Sure. And I felt very strongly um, that they there was a place and that people had the right to express opinions, which clearly were different from my own. Mm-hmm. And I and I respect that. Uh, always have. In entrepreneurship, there's always ups and downs. Right. And what advice would you give someone that is starting out? And conversely, what advice would you give to someone who isn't starting out like Elon Musk? Well, uh, <laughs> that's a great question, heavy Casey. Sigh. Yeah, Ooh, uh, heavy sigh. How much well, time do we have? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 well, we're going to need a few more hours. Um, as far as starting out, find something you love. Mm-hmm. Um, do something you love because to, to succeed, you're going to need a couple of things. Number, you're going to need to work hard. And the only way to work hard is to care about what you do. I've always said I love media, so it was my hobby mm-hmm. as well as my job. Um, and you're also going to need some luck. Um, I can say, I have a favorite saying, if any one of 10 things had happened, my company would be 100 times bigger. If any one of 10 other things had happened, I would be sweeping streets somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I've had a very, very fortunate life. But I think it's it's persistence. It's love what you do. Um, I, I've developed a saying that we're all the entrepreneurs of our own lives. Mm. Um, we, we are in charge of our own lives. Some people like to be entrepreneurs. Some people don't. Um, I've always kidded and said, I'm an entrepreneur because I'm not hireable in a free society. Um, Have to be my own boss. Yeah. As far as the Twitter escapade, I can't quite figure out what he's doing. Yeah. It seems like they change it every day, mm-hmm. every hour. I just saw yesterday that he, he uh, you know, said, if, if, the, if the vote is that you, you want me to step down, He'll I'll step, step down. down. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I have enough trouble running my own business. I, gonna... <laughs> I can't figure out what the heck he's doing. Would you ever have allowed someone to vote on whether you should step down from your own company? I, that's a great question. I haven't thought about no. that. No. No. <laughs> Probably not. Probably okay. Not. Uh, one one last question with Jeff Simoleon. Um, you've managed some very ho- high profile people like Ken yep. Griffey Jr., uh, Don Imus. You mentioned him. Also David Letterman. Can you instantly tell that someone has stardust, or is that learned? Well, I mean, listen. You could listen to David Letterman on the air and know instantly. Um, there were so many crazy stories with Dave. I'm looking at the monument, and one day he announced that the city of Indianapolis had sold the monument to Guam, <laughs> uh, and they had replaced it with a 300-foot celery stalk. <laughs> and uh, people called and said, "How could you can't get rid of the monument?" And David said, "Yeah, but we need more greenery downtown." Uh, another time, I'll never forget. I came back from lunch, and a guy said, "Letterman's a communist." And I said, why? He said, well, I called in and said, there's communists all over Carmel. And you know what he said? I said, no, I don't know what he said. He said, well, he said, you got to give them Carmel. The roads are always torn up. Their football team's lousy. Uh, you can never find a good parking space. So give the communists Carmel and let them hold the line at Nora. <laughs> so David would just do crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. You knew that David was brilliant. Um, yeah, the same with Ken Griffey. The first time you watch Ken Griffey hit, you knew he was a superstar. Yeah. Um, certain people just have natural, God-given talents yeah. that it, it's impossible to get away from. Well, you are one of the uh, perennial broadcasters in the country, and of course, definitely throughout the state of Indiana, anybody who's done any sort of uh, time in media <laughs> has heard of you. And uh, before we say goodbye, Jeff Simoleon, I would like to ask, is there 
like a, a monthly or an annual meeting between, say, you and, and John Dilly from Federated Media or Sarkis Tarzian or yeah. even Arthur Angotti, the Indiana guys get yeah. together and decide well, how the state's jo- going to look? John has been one of my dear friends forever. Yeah. Uh, when I started, he was sort of just a few years older than me, but sort of like a big brother to me. Uh, we joke, he lives in Elkhart, I live here. Mm-hmm. I said he's the only person I would drive midway to Peru to have lunch with, which we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite people, and I knew Art very well. Mm-hmm. Thought the world of him. No Tom Tarzian. So we, you know, it's it's a kind of a tight knit fraternity. Yeah. And uh, broadcasters kind of love other broadcasters. Yeah. Thank you very much for spending some time with us. Thanks, Casey. This yeah. has been delightful. The book is called "Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down" by Jeff Simulian, and it is available on Amazon right now. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on ninety. 93 WIBC.